Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the BB Show. I'm your host, Beebs. I'm here with my co-host, Chen. We're here to talk about some NFL football, recap week three, talk about some big storylines, preview week four, hit some of our main, same, uh, our, main, our main segments. But before we dive into all that, man, how are you doing today on this, on this fine Monday? Ah, you know, you say that now, and I got to open the light a bit. Because it's, it's a nice Monday. I'm not going to complain. Got home quick. Uh, no, no harm, no foul. But uh, can have some stories for these games here, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest. And I'm assuming you're doing pretty well yourself. Just uh, there's a lot to talk about. And um, especially for this Packer game, I, uh, I got a story. You know, I don't know if we want to dive right into it right away. But I have a story. So, yeah, we can, we can start with the Packers game. Before we do that, though, we'll get straight to business. Recap, just, just a quick recap of our, our picks from week three before we highlight a couple of what we think were the key games. Uh, Thursday night, we went three for three. Jake was here. He predicted week three with us. Three for three, we all had the 49ers. Uh, we actually went 0 for three. We all had the Falcons. Um, I was the only one who got the Chargers right. We all got the Packers right. We all got the Jaguars wrong. We all had the Dolphins. Uh, me and you had the Browns. He had the Titans. We all had the Bills. We all lost on the Ravens. We both, me and you, had Patriots. He had the Jets. Me and you had the Seahawks. He had the Panthers. We all took the Chiefs. We all lost on the Cowboys. And we all took the Steelers. Um, so right now, I am ten and four. You are nine and um, nine and five, and he is six and uh, doing that six and eight right now um, on the week. That is. So uh, I have a chance to put up some big numbers at twelve and four. So Eagles and Bengals can win tonight. So that would be, I think, the most we've ever gotten. In- 12 i'd have to double check the history on that but the most we've ever done in a week is 12 um i had the Bengals or i have the rams tonight right yep so i've got eagles Bengals. uh you've got eagles rams and he's got bucks Bengals. oh some variety there okay yeah yeah so um yeah you can you can kick us off talk take us through uh green bay's 11th straight home opener victory yeah and 11 straight is crazy i mean to keep trotting out you know a team every year that wins at home for 11 years i'm impressed but uh man i gotta say <laughs> i love nate he's my uh, brother-in-law he had a birthday party for his son my nephew ezra easy the man two years old okay i had to go to this it started at 12 so I'm watching the game from my phone. Now it was a great event, okay? Like great food, um, great people, right? But I am somebody who wants to watch the game. So I'm irked when I have to get out of my Hobbit phone hole and talk, socialize, participate. Again, love the food Not would never change being there, especially as I was checking the highlights. I see Rashid Shahid turning in Devin Hester and our offense was just non-existent. And when Jordan Love missed that fourth and two, I think you might know what I'm talking about. The beginning of the fourth quarter, it was to like Kylan Hill. He just missed him on a very uh, NFL quarterback should make that throw. I, I turned it off. Like I turned it off and did not come back to it. I engaged in the rest of the birthday party like a civilian. I drove home, set up a new TV, 
And as I check my, I sit down, I put on the TV. I'm like, oh, Bears Chiefs is on. Check my phone and see the final score. And uh, that's that was my Sunday. But, You're kidding. <laughs> so in terms of recap, um, and what I've obviously seen from an extensive highlights I watched over and over, Jordan Love <laughs> very poised. Um, defensively, another like we have person the personnel we do and when joe barry goes against like older offense coordinator type offenses like we've seen the saints taste mill offense for years um joe barry does fine but yeah for the first like three quarters it was a nightmare and you might think differently but um i think jordan love is like at least top 10 quarterback in the game. Oh, right okay. Okay. It lists the 10 like guys that are that are playing right now in top 10 level. I think Jordan Lowe, I can make a case for getting in that 10 or 9 spot. I would I would I I yeah I'm I'm not even gonna take that bait back because I don't want to get put on <laughs> record saying something blasphemous. Uh yeah I mean so I, I had the game on the whole day I uh, was in a similar state of mind, but the reality is this man is down 17 to zero at the start of the fourth quarter. I, I genuinely was not in the state of mind of like, oh, this game is over. Um, simply because when you have a defense that has allowed 10 points the whole day and like the Saints were struggling, they had a punt return as one of their touchdowns. It's like, well, you know, it's in reach. It, like it was like, oh, this is this is possible. Uh, and then, yeah, we we just started turning it on on offense, started moving the ball. Uh, Jordan Love, man, I can't I can't express how good it was to see him bounce back from his fourth quarter last week against the Falcons to this. Uh, right, that that's what you look for in a young quarterback is somebody who sure you can have your game manager, which is what some people will probably label him as at this point, right? You have your game manager who's going to win you games. When it comes down to it, you got to have a guy who you trust to do something like this, to show up and make the game-winning drive, to make the fourth quarter comeback, to lead the team without his best receivers on the field, without his best weapons, and he's doing it. I, I felt like I was in a time capsule watching the Packers a little bit. It felt like the days of winning 10 games in a season with James Jones and Randall Cobb out there, and Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, so we didn't even have him. Like That's what it felt like, man. And yeah. like that's high praise for Jordan Love, but I don't know how else to like describe it from a Packers perspective. Of like, dude, if this guy's gonna win, make the offense, you know, win these games, and we're gonna win games with good defense, like we're really set. And that's where we were circa 2008, 2009, 2010, and we all know what happened in 2010 when we had the number two ranked defense, I believe, in the league. Like, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where that's where this team is constructed, and I'm very excited for the foreseeable future um and i you know i'm not going to be all in and say jordan loves top 10 or whatever but he's playing like it he, he's playing very well and above expectations for most people i think it's annoying as a packers fans how it's it's honoring and annoying because to be a packers quarterback it's almost like if you're not a top 10 quarterback of all time at this point it's a bust and before people like freak out at me saying that i don't agree with that it's that's what the media treats it as. Very like true. you can find clips from preseason week four of this year where people on NFL network are saying, did the Packers do it? Did they find another hall of fame quarterback? And it's like, what, what? Like, dude, we just want them to win eight games and get us in the playoffs. Like we're not, 
we're not thinking that far ahead. Like this is not at least the logical Packers fans, myself yeah. included, right? You're so it's a standard. It's a standard for and us that's, specifically. Yes, and that's the honoring part that I was going to get to. Is like, yeah, True. it's annoying that people put such high expectations, but also I think the high expectations are what causes us to be good. Like, uh, you know, like we live up to the standard because we have to. Um, one of those things. But outside of that, man, I don't have any crazy other thoughts about this game. We talk about the Packers enough on this podcast. Main takeaway is our defense is freaking legit, man. Um, and this Thursday against the Lions is a big game. Like, this is as big as it gets in week four, in my opinion. Um, it's true. So, you have any other thoughts? Um, not really so much on the game. More or less, you got me thinking about the expectation thing. Because I feel like Chicago fans, especially with their Bears and Philly, I mean, that comes to mind. Even New York, both New York teams, you can say, are very hostile. And I feel like Packer fans, you know, I could be wrong, but general consensus is like, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're not very critical of our guys. And one thing I want to point out that I feel like no one is talking about is Sam Howell just threw four interceptions, like, and was terrible this weekend but if you go on twitter all you see is either justin fields or russell wilson and russell wilson to be honest they still put up 20 points like he didn't yeah. give up those 70 points but it's all about relative to expectation and you can really throw the broncos in there with sean payton now everyone kind of thought at least i did they'd get a little bit better but might be time to start offloading we'll, some stuff yeah we'll, uh, we'll get we'll get to that yeah but yeah, I agree with what you're saying, man. We talk about the Bears enough, and I'd love to do this you know, one day take have like an in-depth analysis of why this franchise is so bad at court, you know, finding quarterbacks. Um, because I think that's actually a large part of it is management's and this isn't just relative to the Bears. We talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when it comes to like teams drafting quarterbacks too high, like in fantasy football. Uh, we use that analogy, and it's just relative to management's like confidence in themselves and ability to not be swayed by a fan base. Like if you give a fan base that power, like you're just going to be in a quarterback rotation of a, a circle, you know, like the Browns were for years and the dolphins for years, honestly, until Tua. like there's plenty of franchises where you see it. It's like, man, since Dan Marino, who have they had since, you know, one good quarterback who have they had the bears, they've never had a good quarterback. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, with Justin Fields specifically, like to me, I, I, he's, I've never seen somebody get put in such a bad situation. He has, he looks so much worse because of the coaching. Go put on his rookie tape. He looks better because he was in Matt Nagy's offense. Like he, as bad as Matt Nagy's situation was, like he looks better uh, then. He looks better last year. He's so hesitant. He holds onto the ball too long. Nobody gets open. He has no time. And it's one right. of those things where he's going to catch the brunt of this because he was put in such a poor situation. And it's, it's just, man, like look at what Trubisky, where, where Trubisky was in 2018 when he was in a relatively good situation, which Matt Nagy, who I think is their best coach they've had since I would say Lovey Smith. And sure. with the top, what were they, top two, top three defense in the league that traded for Khalil Mack that year. Uh, all he had to do was do what the Packers are asking Jordan Love to do. Like, that's all he had to do. Uh, and, the, and the difference with what a Packers organization does and a Bears organization does is 
the Bears fans and the team turns on their quarterback after one bad season. Yeah. The Packers are not like historically don't do that. How many times? I mean, 2005, 2006, the Packers were horrible with Brett Favre. Stuck it out because he'd been there forever. 2007, they're in the NFC Championship. Rodgers, I think, went six and 10 and then eight and eight his first two years. And then he won a Super Bowl in his third year. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, I just think that organizations would benefit more from stability in that position. Look at the Vikings, right? Like they've been through ups and downs with Kirk Cousins. They're in a down right now, and we'll talk about that. Um, but I just think that organizations would benefit much more from stability in the most important leadership position on the team. How are you going to be a good team if you've got a new guy rotating in there every two or three years? So, That's, yeah, you can't really build a culture that way. I mean, if – you keep pieces, you know, in place. Sure. The bears, I mean, they've, everybody's jumped off ship in terms of Cleo Mack, Roquan Smith. Not only is that defense just like stripped down, but I'd even go as far as say is this with Justin Fields. Um, it, I really think like it, it's some of the Ohio state QBs, they don't work out, but like talent wise, let's say we swap him and Brock Purdy right now. Like, is anybody going to be really shocked if Justin Fields looks like a top, like, no flaws, amazing quarterback, and is running around like a madman, what Trey Lance really could have been, and Brock Purdy is struggling? Like, that would not be a shock yeah. to anybody, but yet media and people are going to take it out of context as to say, well, Brock Purdy's the GOAT, Mr. Relevant, you know, could barely lose his games. Jimmy Garoppolo, like, his first five games is 491 as well, like, it's a thing with the 49ers being really good, not necessarily the quarterback. And so when people are like hating on their teams or whatever, they need to stop just putting blame on the quarterback at the forefront. It's the biggest deal. My biggest issue on a game that's 11 on 11. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Sorry. Did you get a text or something? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why it's happening. <laughs> not, <laughs> not answering the phone, man. It's stay away from um, me. Yeah, I I concur with that, man. I think that I think that quarterbacks and fan bases expectations play a bigger role than people realize, um, especially with franchises like the Bears, Browns, yeah. Texans, historical four franchises. Imagine going to work every day without a good pair of boots, a terrible supervisor, and you have to work twelve-hour shifts every day. Yeah. It's not going to be – you're not going to look as good as the guy who does his eight hours as a great guy that's managing him and has all the right equipment to work with. Like, yeah. And we can – I think I think that we should save more Bears talk for next week because I do want to oh, yeah. play the Broncos next week, and that's where I think we're actually going to gauge how bad it actually is. How many goals I like, like if the Packers are a playoff team or a bubble playoff team and the Chiefs are the Chiefs uh, – I forget who they played in week two, but – um, or they played the Bucs, who are still undefeated as of the, this recording. So um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, we'll be able to gauge when they play the Broncos how bad it actually is. Like, are they 0-17, 0-16, you know, materials here? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they going to win another? You know, we said at the start of the year, we did five, six, seven games. We thought they'd take a step forward, and it looks like they've taken a massive step back. So next week would be a good gauge of that. Um, but let, let, let's, let's dive in. We, we've talked about the Dolphins a little bit, their historic game. Um, what are your thoughts? 70 to 20 against the Broncos. Where are we at on either side of the coin for either team here? Um, well, shout out to Mike McDaniel. Um, that man, 
all my leagues, all four of my leagues, I've won this week. I mean, theoretically, unless something crazy happens. And that's putting faith in his offense. I've got a lot of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert in a dynasty league. Like this, and th- that's my my thing on the yay, hurrah, but people really need to take note on what he's doing. Okay. You have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, who arguably are both the fastest receivers in the NFL. Like then guys that might be up there in speed is maybe DK Metcalf, but it's a short list. And then you think of their running back room. Raheem Mostert is one of the fast 40 time running backs. Like you clock him on the next, he's running 22, 23 miles per hour. And then uh, Devon Chan is another addition to that kind of need for speed offense. Where if you saw some of these throws like Tyreek Hill, I love Tua and he's playing very well. But it's just what we talked about the environment, system coaching, all that. That he is scheming guys open more than I've probably ever seen in my life. Oh, it's I, so fun. It's so pretty to watch. It is. It is. Tyreek Hill is clearly the best receiver in the NFL, and he might have the best offensive play caller in the NFL right now. I think I'm just going to say it because of what I've seen. In first hey, man. Three. Hey, man. I bought the stock last week, man. You're welcome <laughs> to join the club. Did I not put any in? I th- if I didn't put anything in, I'm putting some in today. Because I think I probably hit my like five limit, but I've always loved Mike Daniel since the, when he got hired. So whenever, yeah, if I can buy like yeah, a three level of stock, all right, well that's gonna be my first yeah. purchase. Today. <laughs> you I, sure. I put a, I put a full confidence all in on Mike McDaniel and Coach of the Year in Super Bowl at some point in his life. Um, uh, yeah, that's looking like it could really cast right now. Yeah, yeah, I'll take my profits. But um, I want to say this about Tyree Kill. Like, I saw, I read an article about this uh, earlier today. Um, let's rewind time a little bit. Pre Patrick Mahomes, let's go back to the Alex Smith Andy Reid Chiefs, circa 2016 2017, right? Tyree Kill bursts onto the scene as this real Andy Reid perfect like gadget guy, right? He wasn't a he wasn't your stereotypical receiver. He's not built like Randy Moss. He's not built like you know uh, your outside guy Jerry Rice or any any Terrell Owens, especially at that time. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones were big guys at that time. He's somewhat similar to Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown was a more complete receiver. running back man yeah so andy reed finds a way to utilize this guy's olympic level speed literally um and he bursts onto the scene as this star punt returner and gadget guy i remember i had him i had tyree kill on my fantasy team for like the first four years of his career and then he took a leap and became like a top five pick like he used to be like this third or fourth round guy that i would just steal every year because no one would put any respect on him like, well, he's good for like three wins because he's going to go for 30 points. But he wasn't as consistent, and that was the thing. He was not as consistent back then. He would have his big blow-up games. Then Mahomes came on the scene, and in year one or two of Mahomes, he like turned into a top-five receiver in the league, and he was consistent. Then he went to the Dolphins, and Mike McDaniel got his hands on him. So you went from Andy Reid, who you can make an argument as the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion, especially offensively, uh, mm-hmm. Now you go to Mike McDaniel, who we both feel very strongly and speak very highly of. Uh, he's been a benefactor of two incredible coaches. And now he's in a situation where he's the number one receiver on the number one offense and an offense unlike any other offense we've ever seen. 
And the way that Mike McDaniel is scheming him open is so fascinating. He's basically created a new type of motion. If you paid attention to this, like nobody has ever done it. Like, yeah. Basically, it's arena football. To arena league. Yeah. And that when you have the like the speed that he does, when you have all the fastest players and you can do arena stuff where guys are getting in full sprint before they get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's a problem. How do you, you know, and here's the thing from a defensive perspective, it's like, how can we slow down Tyreek Hill, right? Okay, we can double him. We'll get a guy to get hands on him on the line. Okay, well, you know, the latter of that is the easiest way to slow somebody down. You can't do that when he's starting his route while he's in motion coming across the entire formation and he's running full speed and you're standing still guarding him. He's at the 10-yard mark and coming off that motion and running his dig, his out, his post, whatever he wants at full speed. It, it's I can't, like, fathom how hard this would be to guard. Like, it, it is truly an innovation that is going to change the way football is played moving forward. This is, this is like West coast offense levels of innovation. Like this is, you know, we talk about like Manning and Brady, like evolving the quarterback position. This is going to evolve the receiver position over time. If it hasn't already. And this is the copycat league, like this, he's being schemed open and it's not just him because look at the way their run game was so effective yesterday with two, two running backs who aren't even like, you know, these top tier backs, right? Team They're just, yeah, you got a rookie. It was Devon Achan's first game ever, or I think he played one snap last week. He went for 200 yards and four touchdowns in his second game of his career. It, it's just like, I cannot speak highly enough for their offensive schematics. I really can't. And I'm willing to swallow the pill already from my preseason take of them, you know, missing the playoffs. Like that, that is clearly a miss at this point. They yeah. look phenomenal. Defenses have not figured them out, and I don't know if they will be able to by the end of this year. It's because what – yeah, uh, by the end of this year, I, I just don't know what kind of adjustment or wrinkle you could put in your playbook to account for guys like that. Because, like, Jalen Waddle didn't even play. That's what we're even talking. Like, what happens if he plays? Is it 90? Because – Pat Sertan is, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, pro football focus especially would argue he's the best corner right now. And he left most yards in his career yesterday because Tyreek Hill, like, I think he's clearly like the best receiver in the league. It's just a matter of how far is this going to go? Because I even heard rumblings. He's somebody that wants to retire early. You know, that can always change, but I think he even said it himself. Like he's trying to, play and then get some money and then he's gonna kind of do some other things maybe go to the olympics you know but uh man it is it's something to watch i mean we're kind of we might be watching like a historic season here like a like well and here's the thing that i forgot about right is if the dolphins don't have the injury problems that they had last year especially with tua which started as early as like week three if i recall like they could have made they were rolling and then they had those injury bugs, finished nine and eight, loss to the playoffs with a back quarterback out there. And it's like, dude, if they stay healthy, why did we forget? Why me personally, why did I forget about this? Like, why how did I miss this? And it's one of those things where I, I don't know how I missed it. But I'm glad I got the stock in last week on Mike McDaniel because it's it's good. Um <laughs> it's booming. Business. Yeah, we're, 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 business is booming in this economy, man. We 
we are we are on the rise. We are seeing green numbers on the on the return sheet. But yes, sir. I do want to add this too. Okay, the last time an NFL team, for those of you who didn't get to watch the game, you you missed history. I've never seen this in my entire life because the last time an NFL team scored seventy points was November twenty seventh, nineteen sixty six, before the Super Bowl ever was played. I believe the first Super Bowl was that season in nineteen in January of nineteen sixty seven was the yeah. very first Super Bowl ever played. So there's been one. 70-point game in the last 57 oh. years. Yeah, 57 years, man. And the final of that game was 72-41. to 41. The Dolphins had a chance and decided not to kick a field goal and break the all-time scoring record yesterday. Wow. Classy by Mike McDaniel to do that, by the way. He could have totally buried them. But I think he even knew the point, like, they were dead. They were dead in the first half, like, he, as he put it, like, you know, hopefully good karma comes our way or whatever. Like, maybe, but what if, you know, I, I think of the history books and we say 57 years. This might, like, 50 years from now just get swept under the rug if more people get to 70. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, like, how bit, much yeah. is it, like, is it really that bad? Like, it's already embarrassing the Broncos gave up 70. Is 73 really that much worse than even like 77? Like you, you got destroyed. Like Sean Payton knew it. That one reporter, like I don't know if you saw the interview. Yeah, it's like so you know, historic day. Only a couple teams in NFL history have given up 70 points. Sean Payton's like, so is there a question? Like, <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the Broncos from here on out? Like, I, I know you put some stock into Russ last week, invested there, which is a hot take at the time, knowing your history with Russ. But no, it, it, it's it's hot, and but you know, it doesn't. Uh, at this point last year, I think we were gearing up for like their Thursday night game against the Colts, where they dropped like oh. six points. All right, and they still put up twenty. Um, I'm not gonna say it was like this superstar great performance from Russ. I'm just kind of hoping that Sean Payton finds a way to turn him around. I think that defense might be chalked, though. Like, it's it's a I, Which I did not expect. It either. But... They were solid unit last year, right? And it's just like, yeah. what what was the change? And it, you know. And may we talk about, you know, people getting figured out and whatnot. Maybe that was it. Like, maybe they just didn't get a change. Maybe it was just that we got so focused on Sean Payton in the offense that, that defense just might be very bare bones. Yeah. And it's very hard, in my opinion. It, people people underestimate this. To have a solid defense sustained from year to year is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL. There's mm-hmm. so much position turnover that like people just don't know because they don't know the star players on defense and whatnot. Um, right. So when teams consistently have like solid defenses with the same key pieces year to year, it it's, should not be underrated. But I think like the Palomalo – you know, Steelers, the Ravens, oh, yeah. Ravens, who were like top 10 units year in and year out. Same thing with basically every defense Bill Belichick's ever coached in New England. Like, uh, you know, and that elevates your team. So it, it, it's just hard. Look at the Jets this year, man. That's my statement. It's like these people were very high on them, and I think that they have not really played up to their expectation, especially given the fact that they now need to because of their quarterback situation. So True. That's one of the hardest things to do, but 
we got a couple other games we want to touch on. Let, let's move on to a little bit. I let's move on to the Vikings Chargers. This is one of our big uh, highlights. You know, games to watch. Last week we wrote down who would be a worse zero and three start, uh, Vikings or the Chargers, and we kind of all agreed that the Chargers being zero and three would be worse than the Vikings. Um, and here we are. What are your thoughts? Well, the uh, Twitter rumblings of Kirk to the Jets are getting louder as. According to part in my take, I guess the Jets are interested in the idea, somebody from their camp. Um, I just feel bad for Kirk, I think is my honest takeaway. Like the man, yes, the interception at the end was bad, but like he's the, the, the tipped ball. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the so drop well. that was tipped. Yeah. Right. Like he's doing so well in spite of everything around him. And uh, he's in this point of his career where he's just been like extremely reliable like we, we talk about fields and what he's doing but like i think kirk as well as guys you plug them into the bears they still would be on three because so are the vikings but i think kirk would probably still find 300 yards or so with dj Moore. he's been very surgical he looks great it's just the vikings like everything out they can't keep the ball like they, they either fumble it or it's a drop that turns into an interception Defense can't get off the field. It's just everything else but in. So it's unfortunate, but it looks like Brandon Staley, this might be a hot take, might not be the first one fired if Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore can save his job because again, Justin Herbert, 40 for 47 is, <laughs> I don't know what says more about Kellen Moore or Brian Flores just has nothing to work with on the Vikings defense because he's a good D.C., in my opinion. I, yeah, he's had good success. I, I would lean towards there's nothing. I mean, th- what is there? Aging no Harrison Smith. I'm pretty sure Harrison Smith is 35. Bro. Yeah. He's still there. I think Dean Lowry. I don't know if you remember that guy. Um, that that unit needs to revamp. I mean, it, they're still running it with starters from, like, that 2017, like, team. Isn't Eric Kendrick still there? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like, think so, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, Neil Hunter's still there. I, I don't know where Everson Griffin is. But, uh, yeah, it's there's some old dudes out there playing defense for the Vikings. It, it's huh. a problem. Um, this is a big win for the Chargers, in my opinion. They needed it more than the Vikings. The Vikings, I, I just, it goes back to what we said. It's regression to the mean. 11 and 0 in one score games. They lose a one score playoff game. They're now 0 and 3 in one score games to start this season. The stat of the year that I saw was that the entire season last year, the Vikings had eight lost fumbles. Through three games, they have seven. Seven lost fumbles in three games. Unbelievable unbelievable how many turnovers this team have and it's so uncharacteristic from where they are last year i don't know how many picks off the top of my head kirk has thrown i i mean i know he threw one at the end of the game it wasn't again not his fault tj hawkinson dropped it then it got tipped off some dude's helmet and then it was a diving catch off the tip like what do you what do you do if you're the quarterback man not his fault um and it's just one of those things where this team it's almost like they're cursed this year for what they were able to accomplish last year i mean talk about it's just it's an aggressive regression to the mean, man. Like it's, it's just a total change of fate for no reason at all. Um, and what's crazy is I don't think they're out of this divisional race. I think you've got 
you know, teams that are mediocre, you know, not going to win 14 games and, and run away with this thing. Right. Like, I don't think the Lions are going to do that. I don't think the Packers are going to do that. If they can win a couple of big divisional games against those two teams, I think they're in the hunt. They've got to win a lot of games to be 0 and, I mean, 0 and 3 and make the playoffs is wow, difficult. Right. But up no battle now. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, Packers already got two games. And I know we play the Bears again once. So <laughs> that's going to be a win. And there's some more easy ones on the schedule. Like the NFC South is one of the divisions we play this year. Um, but I hear you, man. I, I hear you. I, I think the chart – Keenan Allen, man, are we going to kind of his oh, – I don't want to say revival. I'm a little but, salty. I don't really want to – I, I, I kind of got dusted by him in fantasy this week in a couple of leagues. So It's fair enough because, honestly, he's not a guy I feel like a lot of fantasy, like, veterans would have picked. Just the, the rise of Mike Williams, they drafted – Quentin Johnson this year they had Joshua Palmer I was just not sure if Keenan Allen really had his like name in the hat if you will I mean he's always hurt but yeah Mike Williams is now out for the year yeah so that means I mean heck I think or something like that if Keenan Allen on your fans team right now you have to be ecstatic I mean is it early to say that might be a league winner if you drafted him and you have the right team because at the value of the round he was going, you just got a probably top five fantasy receiver. He's like top two or three right now, like in, in yeah. the scoring. I don't know if that's going to hold all year, but man. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and it's one of those things where I just didn't see it coming. We'll see if he stays healthy. Like that's been the Chargers problem all these years. And now Mike Williams is out for the year and Austin Eckler's missed two games. Like, you know, it's the same old story. Right. Like what's new. And it's just like, man, this is the same team that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung, man. Like they really need to hire a new team doctor or a team trainer because this is a problem. This is, this is an epidemic. It, it is. It reminds me of the Ravens and Titans too. How they always felt their injured reserve like every year, but the chargers think to me, I think of, uh, I don't know why the Tyrod Taylor thing got me in this, like, kind of conspiracy mode some people say they that the doctor did intentionally so like <laughs> like for for like the stock of the Chargers organization they needed justin herbert to play right away and the coach wouldn't anyway um i'm hearing that and there's might be some traction to this because i guess jc treader who's the nfl the head of the nfl players association said that running backs might need to get smart and whatever and think of ways to show their leverage or their value and I see Saquon Bartley, Barkley out with like a week-to-week thing. Austin Eckler with like a week-to-week thing. Aaron Jones, I hear, oh, we might play this week, and he's been out. Nick Are Chubb. They- no, I'm kidding. Won- <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> but uh, literally a week to- from today. Um, I, I- – <laughs> maybe that was I made up. But there's kind of a theme. I don't know if you noticed of like these kind of ticky tacky. I just don't know. You know, we had this discussion. Um, I think over text or I had this discussion with somebody after the Nick Chubb injury. Like, yeah, I don't know if playing these day to day injuries for leverage helps them because Austin Eckler specifically is the guy who has a job as an undrafted guy who took over for Melvin Gordon in a holdout, right? And we all know how the young. Like, if it weren't for Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon, they wouldn't be in this problem, and Zeke as well. 
Like this is Zeke was the last big running back to get paid of kind of that last era and it didn't work out. So now teams see that they're hesitant to invest into this position. That's so injury prone. When a guy like Nick Chubb is clearly, in my opinion, the best running back in football right now, and this happens and you have money invested in him and now he's gone and Jerome Ford shows up, scores two touchdowns and does this. You really ask yourself like how much value is in this position. So to play these day-to-day injuries, I don't know if that really helps them. I would agree. I would agree. Know, yeah. My my opinion on how it should be fixed is that the NFL should restructure how rookie running back contracts work. They should make them shorter, uh, and then you resign after two years or something like that. Sure. Something weird where, or they make them more incentive based for every rookie running back, so that they are making more in their first four years than any other position. Uh, and then they have the opportunity to resign. That would be how I would fix the issue. But that's going to require, I mean, they just went through a collective bargaining agreement. I don't know if that's going to change, right? Like, there's no way that's going to change for another 10 years. So they're kind of in a bad spot, like if I'm a running back, right? And it's going to impact the game. But, yeah, I, it's a decent thought, but I, I'd be shocked. To be no, on the field, to, to use your leverage, like, I, I don't know if that's – not right. And yeah, when you really look at the broad scope, um, if that were something, it would be very counteractive. If they're trying to prove a point, it would prove the opposite point because running backs are the most replaceable position. It's unfortunate, yeah. but look at the Eagles. I mean, they could, I'm pretty sure they could hand it off to some high school backs and those backs could get <laughs> yards, wouldn't be on a great average, but it's, that's again just the environment and running backs in terms of the the value list right now. Like linemen, their value for contract goes up. Quarterbacks are at peak because of how hard it is to find a quarterback. When your position is just easier to find, you unfortunately just don't get paid. It's just market value. Sorry, it stinks. They do take a huge beating on their bodies, and like you wish they could get paid more. But like you just said, with the collective bargaining agreement, I mean, business is business. And businesses in America, especially right now, is not booming. So <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, really see that changing anytime soon, unfortunately. It's, a, it's an interesting off-season discussion because, you know, you look at other positions who the rise of elite wide receivers and big contracts, I think, right now is, is the trend. And I just wouldn't be shocked if finding that level of receiver in five, seven years when you have a new crop of talent coming through who grew up watching Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase – uh, that the market shifts back to like, oh, there's a rarity of really elite running backs and offensive linemen, so we're going to pay them more. And it's just this kind of ever-ending, never-ending secular motion of where the money's going to build elite rosters. Yeah, um, and, and you could say the same thing about you know pass rushers right now. That is like the number one thing. Whereas not too long ago, your defense was set if you had Deion Sanders or Darrell Revis on it or if you had Ed Reed or Troy Palomano, and that was the key position. And now how many top-tier safeties do we name as superstar defensive defensive players? Like Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe. Derwin right. James, in my opinion, has fallen off. Jamal Adams has fallen off. Like, in terms of being this high-level player, I, I don't think that that exists. We talk about T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt, all these other past – Micah Parsons, these pass rushers that are the stars on defense. And that's another secular thing of just where the money's going the value to that definitely definitely um let's pivot let's pivot a little bit let's talk um 
Let's talk about the biggest shock of the week, in mm. my opinion. Um, you know, man, it just always – it never fails to make me smile to see the Cowboys lose. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> it's, it's so bad, man. Uh, what are your thoughts? Cowboys fall 28-16 to 16 to the Josh Dobbs-led Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Um, so for the Cowboys' sake, bad game that the Cardinals definitely capitalized on that I didn't think I, I didn't expect them to. When when I had a view of the Cardinals this year, I thought of like the Texans of last year, the Browns of so many years, the Lions of like centuries. They were going to be a couple win at best team. And that still might be the case, but not only has Josh Dobbs surprised me, which I can't believe I'm saying that on week three of the NFL season, but here we are. I'm going to go as far as say as this. I don't think getting Caleb Williams is going to help this team at all. I think they actually would be better off if they get the pick trading it or just hopefully getting it at two or three and getting one of the better overall players on the board because I, what I saw was Jonathan Gannon is it not only because this happened to the Cowboys, but this happened to the Giants. The Giants found a way to win, and it happened to the, the almost said the, the Commanders. Um, excuse me, almost got it. Uh, they all three of those teams had problems with the Cardinals defense, and they were trying to offload. They dumped Isaiah Simmons for like a cheap pick. Uda Baker was in conversations of like getting traded. JJ Watt and Chandler Jones have been gone. So personally, I, I don't have a whole lot of names to come to mind on the Cardinals defense, which is why I I know it's early. I know he's only three weeks into his tenure there, but I think Jonathan Gannon is probably the right guy for this job. And I think you get Kyler Murray back next year, kind of have to write out his contract right now as is, but just build the team and see what happens. Because if they like six, you know, seven games here with Josh Dobbs, I think with Kyler Murray, we could see back to the Cardinals before Cliff Kingsbury just started to fall off the cliff. Yeah. Until Rasul Douglas ended his career. So, yeah. And just um, if they keep Kyler away from Call of Duty, I'm bringing that one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need to make a garbage cause. This, this, this oh, night. man. That's, I forgot about those Kyler memes. You know, I, I'm, I'm in the bait, I'm in the same thought process. Like, with Kyler, I don't know why everybody assumes that they're tanking and they would take a Caleb Williams. Like they signed this guy to a five-year extension mm-hmm. for however many million dollars, and he really like sure he had a bad year. And he okay, you have your locker room cancer question marks and whatnot. And sure, if that's true, then sure, find a guy who fit, you know fits your mold. But mm-hmm. I feel like if that was the case, like they would have traded Kyler now or they will trade him after this year, like while his value is high. Because yeah. if he comes out and stinks again, and he's on this massive contract, like who's going to buy that, right? Like what did the Texans do with Deshaun Watson, who seemed to have fleeced the Browns at this point because he's you know not playing great? Uh, they traded him when he wasn't playing because he had higher value. And it was the question of, well, you know, the last time we saw this guy, he was pretty good. Um, and we know his capability, not what he – and it's more of a potential question than like – being able to see what you're getting. Um, I just don't see motivation for them to pick a quarterback. I agree. They've got bigger holes. Their defense is solid, uh, but way better than I expected. And, you know, the roster is not bad. That's the, that's the thing. 
You get Kyler Murray back. You have an average quarterback. Uh, you still got Hollywood Brown. You offloaded the DeAndre Hopkins situation. James Conner has been a stud this year. I mean, he's going for almost 100 yards every game. I, I don't. If the defense is going to be decent, I don't think that they're that bad of a team. That's that. that that's the funny part. Um, but as for the Cowboys, man, this is just what we've come to expect. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Year, this, is, this, this is so why when they beat the Giants 40 to zero in week one, as the guy who put the Giants in the Super Bowl, my statement was, I'm not concerned about the Cowboys moving forward. Like, sure, you got your worries with the Eagles, but that like, this is just what they do. Trayvon Diggs tears his ACL in practice. They're out for the year. That's a big loss. He's one of the better corners. And gets, I mean, his turnover ratio is great. He's one of the, he gets the most turnovers in the league in the cornerback position. Yeah, That's true. valuable. And sure enough, what happened in the defense? They just did not look like themselves. And, and it's just weird because you'd think, like, if they lost Micah Parsons, it'd be a huge loss, right? Much more important position than corner. Well, you know, they just didn't – they had a rough game. So maybe they bounce back. Maybe they miss his leadership in the secondary or something. I don't know. You know, you, when you lose your best cornerback, you don't know how much communication is going on from a defensive perspective, who's taking his position. Uh, and that takes time. There's so much communication that goes into playing in the NFL defense. That takes time. Um, yeah. This is just an inex- inexcusable loss, in my opinion. Um, and it's just what, what I've come to expect from the Cowboys since Jimmy Johnson left. That's <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's that is a true statement. True, I mean, it's really been since Jimmy Johnson, the guy. Many of you see, or is he even on Fox anymore? I think he retired. I don't I know if he is. Retired. Yeah, but he was on there for years. I mean, he was been retired from the Cowboys, and that is their last time of actual relevancy. It's kind of nuts, but uh, I, I I almost have to say, how you doing? Keep him moving because we've set. I feel like we're going to have, if we do this podcast for five, 10 years, we will always have a Cowboys game to talk about like this every single year, if not <laughs> for three. I mean, even with like, they'll have 13, 12 wins, but then you look at some losses and you're like, how, like, what, yeah. what was Dak doing? Like, what, what did they, Cowboys stuff, man. They'll be fine. And that's the thing is like, they're, they're still going to be a playoff team, um, but this is just a loss they don't need on their schedule comes to seeding and stuff like it was just unnecessary you know <laughs> and it's just uh, uh, yeah i'm glad i'm not a cowboys fan man like i said that's my state um uh last game i really want to talk about we could spend a little bit of time on it but we had briefly mentioned Minshew mania uh <laughs> last weekend um or last week on monday talking about Anthony Richardson probably sitting out and how Gardner Minshew might deserve a starting spot in this league. We, we had a small discussion about it. Where are your thoughts on the Gardner Minshew stock price right now, man? Like gets a win against who the AFC, you know, the Ravens who we had is probably the number one team in the AFC so far this year at it into this week. And I like the Dolphins, but uh, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, and that is – I'm probably going to put a, like, three-level stock into Minshew in the uh, – we'll call it the Chase Daniel, Chad Henney, you know, Charlie Whitehurst category <laughs> of a, a clipboard messiah. This man will – he can hold down your backup position as long as he's in the league. We see it. And uh, I know I have to clarify that stock because let's face it, I mean, when Richardson comes back, 
it's it's his team. Um, but yeah, it's, but you you're confident, right? I just think it's really weird to me that, and I love Baker Mayfield, but how I just feel like Gardner Minshew gets overlooked. Like he really could be starting for a lot of teams right now and could maybe even solve some of these bad quarterback rooms. He was doing fine with the Jacks. He was just in a bad situation. Go check the numbers with people that don't believe me. The guy was doing just fine. It was just yeah, everything yeah. around him. And at times, that's just what organizations do. They're like, all right, well, we got the first pick quarterback. Saw it with Cardinals with Josh Rosen. So I was advising the Cardinals not do it again with Caleb Williams. You learn from your mistake. And I'm hoping Minshew at least just gets a spot somewhere, man, next season. But he might just be in this backup role. Is like very reliable, you know, just the Frank Reich of Frank Reichs. Yeah, doesn't doesn't turn the ball over. Twenty seven for forty four, two twenty seven. Uh, they ran Zach Moss, and hey, you want to talk about the running backs not being on the field situation and how that hinders their value? Yep. Zach Moss, thirty carries, one hundred and twenty two yards, average four yards a carry, um, and I don't, you know. He had a receiving touchdown, two for 23 and through the air. Um, look, man, not helping Jonathan Taylor's contract value. Right? I, I don't want two leagues. I don't know if I want him back. I think I'd rather keep my handcuff in Zach Moss. <laughs> now the way he's playing and the way Jonathan Taylor last looked. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's just one of those things where holding out, is that really helping you right now? Like, I know he doesn't want to play for that organization. That's a unique, more unique situation. Yeah. But I can't help but wonder, man. Jonathan Taylor, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon situation here, Bruin. Like, Gordon, um, yeah, people forget about that Melvin Gordon Chargers, like, was season. He, he, was, was, he was incredible. Holds out for a big contract, never was the same. And the birth of Austin Eckler. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just running back economic situation is a growing headline. It's gaining traction in national media, which is good for them, but also, you know, it's a subject of debate that I think that I just don't see how they've come out on top. I don't see the value, right? In, in today's NFL league, in 10 years, maybe, like I said, maybe the, the game continues to evolve and we go back to this bell cow era of backs. But I don't know. Right now, the debt value is in the toilet. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't even know what to compare it to, so I'm just not. It's, it's low. It's lower yeah. than I've ever seen um, position-wise in the NFL. But we'll see. Like you said, we've talked about it a lot. Um Times a change, like they really do throughout the NFL history. It's kind of it's a copycat league. I feel like it's the biggest. Yeah, it's a common phrase, but it's true. Like it's, it's a copycat league. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the Ravens here? They were kind of rolling through two games. This is a loss that, in my opinion, if the Bengals come out tonight and and look like the Bengals and win this game, this is a big loss for the Ravens. Like I, I really, this division is going to be tight, and every game is going to matter. Um, and to fall the two and one instead of three and oh, you had the game winning 61 yarder with, with Justin Tucker, and he comes up short of all things. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, this is gonna matter down the road, man. I just can't help but wonder. The Steelers moved to two and one, the Browns, I think, are two and one as well. I'd have to double check that. Oh, yeah, are they? Uh, 
And so the Bengals are, you know, if they go to 0-3, okay, wow, get a really uphill battle. That's when I would press the panic button on the Bengals. We'll talk about that next week. But where's the hand on the, on the panic button meter for the Ravens? Really not for me at all. Um, just, just due to the fact that we talk about, like, games and losses mattering. I mean, I feel like the Bengals dropping these first two were more impact. Like, those were like the division game to the Browns and the way they lost is that's going to really be a big deal. Um, it, it didn't really, sh- I think the shocking part, yeah, was Justin Tucker coming up short, um, but it is a 61 yard try. Like he's the only player. I think when that happened, like, I'm like, Oh, I thought he was going to make it like anyone <laughs> else in that situation so is probably you're like, you're hoping for a miracle and you're going nuts. That goes in. Um, it's not – I guess a lot of people are coming at the Ravens' play calling and whatever and not looking the same. But, like, they've had so many injuries that you you kind of, unfortunately, have to run a more vanilla offense when you can't have the same personnel on the field every week to week. Like, Melvin Gordon's going to be their starting running back again at some point, probably like week four or five, like the way they are going through running backs. And he was on their practice squad, like a late addition. It's, it's just a team that – they cannot stop from putting guys on injured reserve. And um, that showed, but I mean, kudos to the Colts for staying alive in that division. I, I just think it's like, it's a good, like it's a healthy loss. Like they didn't look really bad. They struggled in areas where you'd expect them to with injuries. Um, but like you said, these, these, especially in tiebreakers, we saw it a lot with the Packers, Lions, Seahawks thing. Like those losses may matter down the line, but the, Colts may sneaking in as wild card. Yeah, man. Colts at two and one. I'm, I'm, I'd be tempted to throw some capital. I, I would be. I would be. I put some money in Anthony. In Anthony, for last so, season, kind of, you know, you know, man. Story. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I. You're right. I, I don't think I'm throwing any capital their way. Actually, after last season, man. Ah. <laughs> Different group. Different than Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday going to Shane Steichen and Anthony. Hey, man. Don't sleep on Jeff Saturday. That I'm man going was a winner. He was a winner. He only was... beat Daniels. The only he beat the biggest loser. Like, congrats. <laughs> I, will, no, I love Jeff Saturday. No. Jim Ursay. I know why John Taylor is like Jim Ursay. It's probably for that. Like, he just, oh. Oh, man. I remember seeing the headlines. Jeff Saturday had to trade his entire fantasy team. He had to hand it off to somebody else because he can't legally be playing fantasy football and be a head coach. It was imagine that. Imagine getting a call. How do you say no? Like, what was the what was the downside for him in that situation, too? It's like, oh, let's try it out. You know, if I'm good, I'm good. If I suck. Well, now I know it was a perfect a a win win for him. Like, oh, do I want no, to coach dude. in the NFL? Do I know? Let's find out. I got a couple of weeks. Yeah. A trial good. run. Hey, good for him, man. It's carrying yeah. the back. <laughs> good for him, man. Um, all right, let, let's let's move in. Let's revisit the segment that we debuted last week, buy, sell, hold, where we basically have created an imaginary stock market and we trade takes, coaches, players, anything we want. We buy, sell, trade, uh, or hold these holdings or these these stocks. Um, I'll give the floor to you. We get one purchase this week to continue to build out our portfolio. Eventually, that'll be capped. It won't be selling and trading things. Uh, but last week, we debuted it. We bought five things each. 
Um, I'll give you a chance to buy your six or sell something as well. Um, would you like a reminder on your current holdings or no? I'm actually good because I had a guy I'm going to buy because I think he's going very under the radar, which is kind of crazy to say when I say the name. That name is Devontae Adams. This dude literally had 14 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns with a poverty head coach. Like, I will keep saying it until McDaniels, and you will echo, not all, you will shout it from the rooftops. This guy needs to go. Like, any Devontae Adams is such a good receiver, and he's getting old. Now, overshouting rightfully so. Well, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, those guys have been doing, but it's like, even in fantasy draft boards, felt like Jamar Chase was above him. And he was almost getting phased out of like that top five conversation when Devontae Adams as a player can go head to head with Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson if he's in the right yeah. system. We've seen it when he had Aaron Rodgers. He had like almost 20 touchdowns in a season. Like he's just, he's with Jimmy G and McDaniels. But yet, even like last night was an example of a player he still is and is going to be. Um, so I'm going to put probably a two and a half level stock. Really the half is because I really love Devonta Adams for his time with the Packers. Um, but I just don't know with receivers how these things go. When you go to the Raiders, your career kind of dies. Ask Antonio Brown. Um, it's <laughs> big, like I am kind of weary just for that reason. But Devonta Adams as a player is still what he is to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I've, I have, I'm not going to sell anything either. I do have some, I do have a couple reports on my holdings that I would like to just run a, a small victory lap on uh, <laughs> that being Mike McDaniel to win coach of the year Super Bowl in his career. That was a great buy last week. I, I just, that was great. Uh, my Anthony Richardson holding, you know, TBD still TBD. It's a long-term buy, but man, that Jordan love purchase that that's prices are booming, man. The prices are booming for, we, we are doing well. Um, the only thing we're struggling with is Derek Carr to make the playoffs twice in his career in New Orleans. That was uh, that one's not looking great. But it was a one-confidence purchase. Uh, and the Lawrence-Calvin-Ridley duo did have a rough week again. Um, expecting a bounce back week. Um, and we will we will be solid down in Jackson. But we, hopefully we're not looking at a loss there. I'm still fairly confident. Um, the purchase this week, I'm going to come out and say two confidence levels. Okay, I was high on this guy in the preseason. I remain confident. And I think that right now is the absolute perfect time to buy. I think the price after this week is as low as it's going to get for the entire season. Uh, mm. And I'm just buying a simple player. I'm going to read his stats from the previous week and just reflect on why I believe the price is low. All right. His team got blown out. All right. He's a quarterback, had a tough matchup. However, their team is two and one. This was their only loss of the year. Overperforming so far. As a coach, may or may not be on the hot seat. Coaches express high confidence in him. All right. This week, he did throw four interceptions. Damn how. He threw four interceptions this week. I would like to pull up his week two stats. Okay. He had 170 passing yards this week, 19 of 29. His week two stats, in which this commander won. All right. Sam Howell is the guy. You did guess correct. Let me pull up his week two stats. They beat the Broncos, 35-33 in a thriller, winning close games, right? This is why I'm investing at this point. I think the stock price is very low after the Bills blowout, and this feels like a buy opportunity that might not be there. 
right? You know, after COVID, when all the whole stock market tanked and it was like, why didn't I buy, right? You've seen the memes. Why didn't I know to purchase real estate in 2009 when I was in third grade? That's where we're at with Sam Howell right now, right? Okay. Last week, let's not forget, 27 of 39, 299 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pretty good game, man. No interceptions. No interceptions. Let's rewind to week one, man. Like, I've done my research on this stock. I want that to be known. I've done my research on this stock. Mm. Rewind to week one. Grinds out another close win. Winning close games, which you want out of a young quarterback. 20 to 16 win over the Cardinals, who we now have decided are better than we initially thought, right? Especially defensively. Uh, let me pull up his stats. 200 yards, 19 of 31, a touchdown and an interception, right? Grinding out close wins. That's what we want in a quarterback. I think the price is low. I've made it very clear. I'm buying some stock, two confidence in Sam Howell. That's it. Just gonna go. I don't know if this is going to be a short-term hold. I think I think we're going for a swing here, a little swing trade. Probably going to be dealing this within this season. Um, probably won't be holding throughout the offseason. But Sam Howell stock purchased today, 92523. Um, I'm I'm I two confidence. I don't I don't want to say three because I have three other things as three confidence. Otherwise, I would be pretty confident in this trade. But um, I don't I don't make purchases if I'm not confident. Man. That's that's and, I got four reasons why I'm not confident. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's I know I I see it. It is definitely a his stock is definitely drops. It's a good time to buy. Price is low, man. It's a, it's at a discount. What can I really lose, right? Like what you know. Say that now. <laughs> the Broncos said that once, but you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many more games can it really go on like this? Oh, it can go on. Um, so that that concludes our buy sell hold, um, and we, you know, that that'll be as we continue to build out our portfolios. That'll be something that we hold each other accountable for week to week. Um, things that you know, I don't think we have anything crazy on. To, I would go after your Russell Wilson take, but. Your your buy last week, but honestly, I, I when the defense gives up seventy points, like I, <laughs> what is there for me to go after, man? <laughs> Not his fault, like for once. Um, and you know what? Looking at Jake's takes too, like there's there's, there's yes, Colts to win AFC South this year, like that's an incredible buy. They just beat the Ravens. Great, yeah, that's um, not. And the trade of the year might end up being Jefferson and Hill over two thousand receiving yards. That that'll be. That'll I'm glad be, I put some stock in that. I really that'll be that'll be a buy and a half. But um, all right, let let's move into week four here. Let's predict our gains for week four. Um, I still don't. Have, I I've been thinking all day what I want to do for this, and I, I kind of I want to hear you convince me to do this. So Thursday night football, Lions are coming into Lambeau Field, man. I've got a history of picking against the Packers. I know you're taking the Packers. Um. I took the Packers this week. I want to know, is the curse lifted? Am I safe to take the Packers here, or should I play it safe and take the Lions? I would. I'm gonna I also, assume, I also think it's going to be a good game. Too. Right. <laughs> say, I, I, I'm going to assume you're safe, but one thing I learned about this week is sometimes I know a lot, and sometimes I know absolutely nothing. And um, the Packers game itself was a time where I know absolutely nothing because I shut it off. I, I literally was like, this game's done. We're one and two. See you next week. Um, so I know it's not a very convincing argument, but I would say this Packers team has found a way. 
And ironically enough, without Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, and Elgin Jenkins, that's like literally every key contributor we have that's not a young player right now. So for Jordan Love to be balling the way he is, it's it can literally only go up from here. So now he's in a great stock, but with the Lions kind of, I don't want to say like falling off because that's not the right word. They haven't like impressed me as much after that week one Chiefs win. I mean, again, it's a team that I was kind of thought was overperforming, but that's this team like we might split with. I just think in Lambeau, the way the Packers have been going after they got the, such a good win in high energy win in Lambeau, um, I'm going to keep taking them. I, I mean, I always right. take. Them, but I think you've, you've sold me, and it ain't hard to sell me on buying Packers stock for a that's week, fair. but. Uh, I'll take the Packers to win this game, and maybe not for the reasons you said, but the more I think about it, uh, you're right. The Lions have not looked great. I don't know if they get David Montgomery back. That actually would be a big gain for them. I don't know his injury timeline off the top of my head. I could be way off. It might be out weeks. I don't, I'm don't. i way uneducated on that. But. What are your thoughts on Gibbs? I know it's early, but I have to ask because the, he's – unfortunately, I think I had too high of an expectations for him coming in. I think I was thinking more of like Bijan level right away. And he's just not there. Um, well, look, here's he was what was he a third round pick? I think that fantasy. You were the first. Oh, pick. sorry, third round fantasy pick is what I was. Oh, thinking. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that fantasy owners definitely put him in this category of rookie running back of Bijan, Zeke, those kind of guys that we drafted like super high their rookie mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't. I I didn't buy him there. I bought. I did buy him in a couple leagues, right where it was. But I don't think that he's going to be this immediate contributor. And I definitely have learned through the first few weeks that he is, they need David Montgomery to be that bruiser in pass protection. And that's just because he's a rookie. Like, that's just like, those are things that like rookie running backs, unless they're immaculate players, they're not going to be good in pass pro because they didn't have to do that in college. Like, that sounds crazy, but like, they're not going to, Jameer Gibbs is also not going to be a bruiser goal line back. Like, I, He's look, I think in week two, I think he had nine targets in receiving. Uh, I think he had one this week from a fantasy perspective. I'm not pressing the panic button on Jameer Gibbs and anybody selling, I'm buying, especially in dynasty leagues. Um, but he's not going to be this B. John Robinson, uh, bell cow back at, at this early in his career. He might be able to develop into that. Uh, but no, I think he's still a stud and I'm not panicking. Like, I, I think he brings an explosion to the offense that concerns me as a Packers fan. But the reason I'm taking the Packers, simply like what you said, the defensive, the defensive side of the ball. I think that the 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 Lions are a little dinged up offensively. Um, I think Goff is actually a decent primetime quarterback, um, but they're not a great. They have not been a great road team, and there's no way that the Packers are not going to be up for this game. That's the other thing that like let's just rewind the clock. This team ended our season. Mm-hmm. Um, so the perspective of Thursday night football, short week, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Aaron Jones is probably playing. I think he plays on fresh legs, and that's impactful for the running back position on Thursday night football. People never like think about that, but like that is huge. Um, and I, I think the defense is that good. We shut down, especially with no David Montgomery. We shut down what they are best at. You put Jair Alexander on Amon Ross St. Brown, like that's going to be a matchup problem. And I don't think the rest of the receiver room is great. I think Sam Laporta has been a great find. They'll probably have a big game, um, but yeah. this should be a good game. I'm excited. This is the first Thursday night game outside of Lions Chiefs that I've been pretty excited to watch. Like you know, I was not that up for Giants 49ers. I kind of, I kind of knew what was going to happen. 
Um, but let's let's move on. We're spending a little too much time on one game here. Rapid fire: Falcons, Jaguars. Ryan with the Jaguars and is hovering over that panic button. Need to see something more out of the offense this week. Mm. Yeah, I don't really like what I saw from the Saints either. Like, just Falcons, I know Falcons. Oh, Jags, Falcons. Yeah, I'll ride the Falcons then. I don't know, they're kind of like my team. I'm just gonna ride with this year. They didn't look too great last. It's in week. Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville. Mm. Um, and I'll say this: like, I, I, I like my T law thing. Dude, I think it was like they were down in the goal line this week. I forget the situation. They had like three or four incompletions that were like toe taps. The receivers couldn't get down or hold on to the ball mm-hmm. in a row in the red zone this week. And it was just like this weird sequence of events. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and so, look, I think that they're going to be fine. I don't think the Falcons' defense is elite. I think they're a well-coached team, but I don't think that they're like elite. So I think Jaguars handle business here. Uh, Rams at Colts. This is a hard one to pick because the Rams haven't played yet this week. Um, and like based on where they were last week, I'm taking the Rams subject to change, um, which we do allow the caveat because we now record before Monday Night Football. I think that that is rule we should establish that if Monday night for, for teams that play on Monday night, we're allowed to change it. I'm change our picks, well, but I'm taking the Rams subject to change, but fairly confident. I'll take the Colts just because I think if they get this done, it's it's going to take everything out of them tonight. <laughs> yeah, just going to be honest. That's so, true. Solid take. Uh, Ravens going into Cleveland. I'm rolling with the Browns. I'm confident, man. I'm com- They look good. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm Ravens coming off a loss. I know, but like the, I just, I got the Browns, man. Pretty high on them right now. I go Ravens. Oh, well, we are now we are now different on three out of four picks. Yeah, I'm trying to make up some <laughs> here. Um, and, and I just – I think the Ravens can be better next week. I, I really do. Tough loss, but they're a good team. All right. Uh, Vikings at Panthers. If the Vikings <laughs> don't win here, you should trade Kirk Cousins. Like, just blow it up because the Panthers are trying to rebuild and they have Adam Thielen as, like, their number one in that. Right now, it'd probably yeah. be your slot is, is a Minnesota Viking team. So, yeah, they got to win this game. I agree. I think it's Vikings, like, just on a do-or-die mentality. Like, if we lose this, who are we? Yeah. Uh, like, they got to win this game. game right. Uh, and the Panthers, like, are not looking to do a lot this year. Like, so, uh, yeah. Bengals at Titans. This one I thought about a lot. And also subject to change based on Monday Night Football. But – yeah, sure. Taking the Bengals for the same reason I just took the Vikings, where it's one in three or one in or zero oh and four. It's like, who are we? Um, and I know they've had Burrow calf injuries. We'll see how Monday night goes tonight. But the Titans have looked better than expected. But the Bengals have also had their number recent. So they have. Yeah, I'm going to go with that reason. The Bengals have had their number. Um, I just don't love the idea of the Titans trying to keep up in a shootout, like. I'm glad they got DeAndre Hopkins. I really am. But I, I still am really not that confident in Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's just not really showing me anything good as a couple of years. So. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we got Buccaneers at Saints, which is surprisingly an interesting game <laughs> um, because the Bucs have looked good. Also subject to change on a Monday night football game this week. But I'm going to roll with the Saints because it's in New Orleans, but would not be shocked. No, I'm, I'm doing that. Literally because it's in New Orleans – 
and I just feel like the Buccaneers like. And we got the famous Jameis revenge game, probably. Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just that whole division thing. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Saints. All right, all right. Dolphins at Bills. This is a uh, this is this oh. is like game of the year material. It is. It is me really good. I think the Bills get a wake up call. I just got a feeling. You're going Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins. After the I Bills, will. Lost. I will roll with the Bills because I think that the Bill for the same reason I picked them in the preseason. Like, I, it'd be dumb for me to flip that pick now. Like, sure. I think that the Bills are on top of this division. Their defense just had a field day. All right. Uh, yeah. And this is a better defense. This is what I said in the preseason, man. I said this about the Bills defense. I said people think that they're worse than they are. They're getting Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer back. Um, divisional game in Buffalo. I would prefer this game to have been played, you know, have their home game against the Dolphins be played in like December, but I think they get the job done. Um, now for the game of the week. Oh, okay. Broncos are traveling into Chicago to play the, to play the bears. Who's Owen four. <laughs> Who's Owen four. It better not be the Broncos. I think if the Broncos lose this game, It'll be because Russell Wilson stunk. So I'm taking the Broncos because if I don't, I'm selling his stock. You can quote me on that. At a loss, too, let me tell you. Yes, definitely. It'll be at a loss, but I will get off now because that'll probably put them in danger of being benched if they're 0 4. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the Broncos, too, just because I think they're better than like they are. Like, I, like, I think that in like, I know that doesn't make sense, but like, no, it's They're, a tough sell after two blasts. Yeah, it, it's tough to it's tough to sell. I know where you're coming from. I really do. Um, and also, I think the Bears are like one of the worst football teams I've seen in a long time. Like, I just don't. I will not pick the Bears to win a football game. I don't have a reason to. They just look so bad. Like you turn the game on and there's nothing. <laughs> there's just yeah. nothing. Uh, commanders at Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, I, I just don't see a reason to pick against them. Steelers at Texans. We didn't talk about this game, and it was the first game out of the when I put together the list of games to talk about this week. Um, CJ Stroud, man. Yeah. Very good. And yeah. we, we'll probably be next week we talk about him if he follows it up. But Right. I, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this. I'm going to well, roll with the Steelers, too. They've kind of been rolling, honestly. like, they, yeah. And their defense is really good. Um, so uh, I'm rolling Steelers. Yeah. DJ Waddle have a day. Raiders at Chargers. I'm taking Chargers and not thinking twice about it. I have no reason to ever pick the Raiders to win a football game. Yeah, and I do. This I, just feels like classic Chargers start 0-2 and find themselves 2-2. and with, Yeah, and with, they might lose the next week. It happens. Yeah, and then they'll, I'll and take then, the Chargers. Yeah, they, they, there's a pattern to this. There really is a pattern to our picks. 49ers at Cardinals. 49ers might be interesting. Actually, to... sorry. It's at – it's in San Francisco. I spoke – I misspoke. Definitely 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Patriots at Cowboys. At Cowboys has me thinking. It really does. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Wow, that was my upset of the week, too. Mm. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, man. Uh, it's Bill Belichick. Like versus Mike Patriots. I think the Patriots are better than people think they are. Like that's especially defensively. Again, 
if the Cowboys had rolled through the Cardinals, yes. But the right. problem is, is they are in this, they're in this very like, this is a big game for them, which would give me actually incentive to pick the Cowboys. I think they do bounce back, but the Patriots, I think I roll with them um, just because they've, they're defensively, they've looked good. They look good against the Eagles. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cowboys have not been good in prime time as of late. So Sunday night football next week, I'm just not excited to watch. Chiefs at Jets. Just kind of a man. Could have been good. It really could have been good. It, it could have been good, but rolling with the Chiefs. And then Seahawks at Giants on Monday night next week. You know I'm rolling with the boys, man. I'm rolling with the Giants. I will be rolling with the Seahawks. <laughs> rolling with the Giants to move to two and two. It's in New York. If it was in Seattle, I'd be very concerned, but um, it's not. So the boys, we're moving to two and two. We're going to be right in the thick of the division, just like I uh, had anticipated. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be rock solid. So uh, that takes us through the week four slate. Final segment of the day. Who are your three biggest surprises? What are your three biggest surprises through three weeks? This can be something we talked about, have not talked about, um, but I'll give you the floor to go first. Uh, the, the biggest surprise so far, like out of probably everything, like actually it's, it's going to be the 70 point performance because we, we were talking about the dolphins and like, I wasn't like, out on them but I, I was not expecting this where i view them right now and that might be one of the best teams in the afc yeah, yeah I'm, i have uh, that written down i have the dolphins somehow elevating from where they were early season last year yeah like, which, i was very low on them going into the year and through three weeks i hold them as a top team in the afc and it's like wow how did we get here right they're they're starting to really just kind of separate themselves from every other offense um I guess, like, I, another surprise for me personally is I know a lot of people are not going to, like, be shocked to be talking about Jordan Love, but I thought there'd be more mistakes from him. Like, Based he's on had, one pick. Right, like, he's had his – And it, it, was a, it was a punt on third and long. Like, it didn't – like, you know it what I'm saying? It didn't mean it. Consequential. Yeah. Right, and we look at some of these guys around the league who've been doing it, and they, they had these days. And I, I've just been more than happy with that. Um, and I, I guess, you know, maybe it's not like a, a shock, you know, shock too much to, I guess, many people up the division, but I thought for sure, like it was Jags and nobody else, but this is kind of competitive all of a sudden. And it, maybe we get a deal with the Titans or last. I know that's weird, but even they look fine. So it's like this division. Jaguars. Like they historically like our slow start team. Like they did this last year with T Law, and then they caught fire and made that playoff run, stole the division from the Titans, won a playoff game, um, and then ran into the Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl. Like I, I'm shocked. I thought it was going to be like smooth sailing, um, but I'm also not like surprised because when is it ever smooth sailing? Um, and this division is like notorious for this. Like random teams losing like the Colts rolling 2021 with Carson Wentz and then losing in Jacksonville. Um, and like, they're, they're like I just yeah. don't know if there's a division where like more teams split every year. Like the Titans had a hold on it and I still feel like they were splitting games against in bad teams at that time. Like, I, I don't know. A quick ad though. I don't think, I think with like last week we said somehow like the Jaguars usually have the Texans number. It might've been the Titans. Because I believe T-Law is now like one and four. Really? 
Yeah. That's so random. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like T-Law. Probably original. Like T-Law plays average. They lose by a possession to the Chiefs. And then they show up. And maybe it's just like coaching or having a young team. I wouldn't say coaching with Doug Peterson. Just a young quarterback, young skills, immature. Like, oh, we can handle the Texans. We're fine. And then, you know, it's the NFL. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My other... My other surprise, another surprise I have, you mentioned it, Josh Dobbs, man. I wrote this down before we started. Like he, I think it was Scott Hansen, maybe, or one of the announcers talking about during the uh, Panthers game, talking about the value of the backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, taking the start this week. Um, just like the ability to take care of the football and be reliable and be somewhat of a coach towards when you have the young guy there. Uh, and Josh Dobbs, vet, comes in. Barely knew the guy's names in week one, and here they are. Like they actually legitimately have a case to be two and one at least, or three and zero. Like they should be. They should be two and one based off that Giants game. Right. Uh, defense is better than expected, and they're taking care of the football on offense, so they're not horrible. Um, he's been a surprise for me, and honestly, the biggest surprise of the year for me through three weeks, the Vikings are zero and three. Like, I just I picked them to win the division. And I was very confident. Like they won 13 games, and I remember saying they could regress by three or four games and win this division. Like I said that in the preseason pod, and I stand by it. Like they, this team, I don't think is an 0 and 3 team, and it's freak things like three one possession losses, seven fumbles through three weeks of football, which is yeah. ridiculous. Uh, touchback fumbles with Justin Jefferson, they lost by like it's it hasn't been like one guy to blame unless you want to look at the defense. I don't think there's a unit to blame. So those are my three surprises. Dolphins, Josh Dobson, Vikings, Vikings just being nice. going great. Nice. Um, Vikings is very yeah. true. They, they almost are matching their losses from last year. And we are starting week four. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's a surprise to me because I thought they had moved past with Kevin O'Connell. I thought they had moved past this like Mike Zimmer era of like, mediocrity, making the playoffs, losing on a 27-yard field goal, all this other crap. Like, I thought they'd move past that when they went 13-4 and four and, and found a way to start winning these close games because that was the, always their Achilles heel. It was like, oh, they win nine games and they lost, like, seven by three points. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they would be. And last year felt like they moved past that, and here we are. Seven fumbles, like this Vikings curse is like, wow, this franchise, how do they continue to find themselves in this level of mediocrity? When I develop it? Yeah, uh, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. And Jake's not here to defend. I don't know if he even he defended them because no, honestly, yeah, he, he'd probably be agreeing. Yeah. Um, but any closing surprises or closing thoughts before we uh get ready for some Monday night football? Um, yeah, not, not too much really just kind of looking forward to see what tonight brings us. Cause there's still a lot as much as what happened this weekend and what's going to happen tonight. I have a lot of question marks still about so many things on so many teams. Like a lot of teams took a step back this week <laughs> in yeah. my, um, so very exciting. We'll obviously look forward to next week, you know, and keep the ball rolling. Hopefully the Packers don't ruin my the rest of the week for me on Thursday. But, uh, <laughs> uh, as a reminder, we both have the Eagles tonight. I've got Bengals. You've got Rams. Um, so chance to tie me if uh, Eagles win and Rams win, or I could pull ahead um, and beat you by two um, and take the all-time lead by one, which we are still currently tied, uh, which is just 
in incredible. I don't know Probably. what the odds are, but um, excited to watch some Monday Night Football move on. Be sure to check us out on TikTok and Twitter, um, and be sure to just share share your thoughts. You know, DM us, etc. Follow us, message, comment on our stuff. Um, if you have anything, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, if you have any suggestions, ideas, takes, even that we want us to react to. So um, be sure. sure to check us out, and uh, we'll be back next Monday with uh, the same style podcast. So without further ado, see you next week. Take care.